PulpMX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. How's it going, everybody? Happy Hunger Games. You guys are out there probably stocking up on food, water, toilet paper. Holy hell, crazy times right now, right? But we are here. Another week, another episode. This coronavirus isn't stopping us. We are back for another episode. And this is all about the 2020 KX250 and the modifications that we have done to this sucker. Lots to talk about. Lots of race tech modifications on this thing. We wanted race tech to go over this sucker and really build us a reliable, more horsepower, a more comfortable KX250. Sounds easy, right? It's not. This thing is a little bit, uh, it's took a little bit of time, you know? It's not, a, it's not an easy process, but Racetech has built us something that we can talk about. Not trying to break the bank here, people. We're trying to keep it relatively low budget for the modifications that we're doing. But nonetheless, we are here to talk about it. It's a Monday, and it's a new week, and we're happy. It's Dirt Bikes. Let's not worry about the virus. Let's enjoy ourselves. Listen to this podcast. And you know what? Go shopping. Get yourself some dirt bike parts over at RockyMountainATVMC.com. Rocky Mountain is the trusted, that's what I'm saying, trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. It's easy to see why you guys should go there right now and do some shopping. But before you do that, go to keyforinktesting.com and click on the Rocky Mountain ATV banner. And that'll direct you over there and do your shopping. And that helps us on the back end. Let's them know that you're listening to this sucker. That you're not out there just saying, hey, I don't know what Kiefer testing is. I don't listen to it. It shows them that you do listen to it and you're having a good time with it. And you're trusting in us to Buy your stuff. So thank you, Rocky Mountain. Of course, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Almost summer. It's a little bit rainy here in Southern California right now, but it's almost spring and summer, which means hotter conditions. You're going to be sweating. So go check out flyracing.com and get kinetic mesh gear. Just got me a set of the aqua and white. Looks good. Mommy Dolphins colors, of course. Huge Mommy Dolphins fans over here. I love it. Go check them out, flyracing.com. Hey guys, if you guys aren't even interested in motocross, they got BMX, casual wear, snowmobile, all different kinds of stuff. So just go check them out. You won't regret it. Trust me. Fly has come a long way with their stuff. And if you're not wearing Fly, give it a shot. Tell me how you like it. I'm always curious to see what you guys think, good or bad. So you can hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. Let me know what's up, good or bad. I'm into it. And, of course, Racetech. Racetech has a huge part in this podcast. They have been backing us since day one. Great company. Paul Feed, Chris Riesenberg, Andrew, Rob. Quality human beings over there that do good work. 
and they're here to take care of you. As you guys know, Racetech does engine services, suspension services. Even if you've got a vintage bike, they do that. They do it all. Racetech.com. Hit me up on my email. I'll get you a discount code. Get in contact with Chris over there. Send your stuff in. Get it done. Trust me. Dude, it, it's... I laugh because I'm telling you guys this. You guys know me. I wasn't on board with Racetech, let's just say, five years ago. A lot of things have changed over there. They keep proving to me every time they do some work for me, I'm impressed. So go check them out. If you haven't been there in a while, browse around. they got all different kinds of things on their website. And if you have any questions, hit me up on my email, and I'm happy to answer them for you. All right. So we're here with another episode, 2020 KX250. I have been <laughs> working on this thing for a little while. It's been taking me a little bit longer because I have other projects ahead of it. But recently, I've been ripping on this green machine. Kawasaki did a lot of engine work to this 2020 machine. But I felt like there are still some things that needed to be addressed. I wanted a little bit more torque. They added some mid-range and top-end to their bike for 2020, but I still feel like, of course, I'm an older guy, I'm an, I'm an older rider, I want to be a little bit lazier. How can I make this more of a fun machine to ride and maybe a vet weapon without trying to go to a big bore? I have gone to big bores before and they're fun, but they do change the character of the engine a lot. And sometimes not for the better. I've had a lot of experience with big boards, as you guys know. And although they do give you a lot of torque, they just kind of feel flat on top. I don't like that. As a 250 rider, you're going to have to rev it. And, of course, you get a little bit more horsepower, you get a little bit more meat, you get some torque. I want to keep that revving capability. I don't want to just to have all torque and have it fall on its face on the top end. So I wanted to do some engine work. That's not going to break the bank. That you can use pump gas. I wanted to get some suspension that has a little bit more holdup. Kawasaki did a great job. They have a KYB fork now. Thank Christ. They got rid of that piece of shit Showa SFF fork. That thing was a nightmare. Thank God. KYB. We're back. We got some comfort. A little bit soft for my 170-pound frame. Had a little bit of pitching. So what do I do? Take my suspension to Racetech, take my head to Racetech, say, Andrew, Rob, hook me up. I want a more comfortable ride without pitching on my bike. I'm a front-end steering guy. I want some front-end traction. I don't need a harsh feeling in the mid-stroke. I just want some comfort, so give that to me. Hey, Andrew, I want some more torque. I don't want to lose my top-end over-rev. I want to keep that nice feeling that Kawasaki is trying to do for 2020, which is having some recovery finally, like a Yamaha YZ250F. But I want to add some more meat down low and then gain some more on top end. That was my goal. So we decided just to do some head work, leave the stock piston, stock cam. They did advance the cam a little bit, but I wanted to keep the cost low. I have the price list here for everything that we've done, and for what I'm about to tell you, I was pretty shocked. I didn't know, when I do these tests, guys, I don't ask a lot of questions. I, I tell them what I want, they give me the stuff back, I go test it, 
and then I say yes or no, I like that or I don't, or I think it's worth a shit or I don't think it's worth a shit. So when I got this stuff back, I bolted it on. I was actually really surprised of what I got for, especially in the engine department. In the engine, what I got, I was thinking, oh, man, I don't really want to go on this podcast and tell all these people out here how much this thing costs. And then he shot me the parts list and what he did, and there's not a lot there on the parts sheet. It's one page, half a page, actually, and the cost isn't that much. So we're going to break the engine portion down. We're going to break the suspension portion down, and then I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the little pieces that I added on. There's not a lot to this build, but my buddy, Big Air Todd, if you guys are familiar with Big Air Todd, he's done some shootouts with us. He's a very unique individual. He is very picky. He's very opinionated. And if he doesn't like something, he really tells me <laughs> the truth. And it's actually brutal truth. Sometimes I got to say, hey, man, a little bit of a filter goes a long way, especially when you're dealing with some companies. But that's just Todd. That's why I have him over here on Kiefer Ink Testing, because he's no bullshit. So he wrote it first. He wrote some notes down. He let me have the bike. I wrote it. Then after we were done, we compared these notes. And to my surprise, they were very close. So let's just get right down to it. But first, I get a lot of questions about reliability on this KX250. I heard there is some valve train problems. Um, I haven't experienced anything on our KX250 yet on our end, and we have about uh, almost 40 hours on our build. Now, that is not 40 hours of this Racetech head. We're working on about 12 hours now on this head, but nonetheless, overall time on this KX250, we haven't had any problems within the engine area as of yet. We've had some clutch issues where the clutch can get burned up fairly quick, so we'll talk about what we did there, but nonetheless, no problems on our end. If you guys are experiencing some engine issues, hit me up. I'm always willing to listen. I want to know what you guys are feeling out there, what you guys are experiencing. I want to learn as well because I can possibly give that feedback from you guys to the manufacturer. It's a lot harder for you guys to reach someone over there versus me talking to the, some of these dudes over there. So um, if you guys have any thing, you know, I call them things, right? Because we don't know what it is. But you have any things that pop up, hit me up. I like to know about them. So um, again, we try to keep an open line of communication around these parts. All right, so let's break down this engine. We have huh, a little bit of head work. Like I said, stock piston and stock cam. Andrew over there did advance the cam. He basically did a five-angle valve job. He ported the head, and we replaced these um, intake and exhaust seats because now we have these new back-cut valves that Andrew does over there. It's a very unique process. He kind of broke it down to me one day when I was over there, and it's a very unique process. Um, let's face it. A five-angle valve job has been around for years, but it's how it's been done. I used to work at Al Baker's XRs only. We did them for the XRs. I used to watch the guy in the back do a five-angle cut. So it's the process in which it is done. Racetech, Andrew, they have a process over there that I've experienced works, plain and simple. So when I got the head back, I was looking at, I was looking at this you know, parts list after I wrote it. 
I'm like, wow, there's not that much done. So what does this head do compared to the stock head? Right away, when I, for me, the KX250 is kind of a finicky starting bike. Yes, it has a Kickstarter, insert the jokes now. But right away, I noticed that the Kawasaki started a little bit easier for whatever reason. I just noticed this. So um, if that's directly due to the head work, I don't know. But as of right now, when I start it, I can just kind of kick it over and it starts versus I kind of had to kick it three to four times before and then it would start or fire up or have it get a little bit of gas. It was more of a finicky starting machine. Now I have less issues there. When I got on the track, for 2020, they didn't increase the torque. They were really focusing on getting that mid to top end to be longer. And Kawasaki succeeded in doing that, but I still would like to have some more torque down low. So what this head did, this Racetech head, it increased the torque coming out of corners. So this second gear rolling out of corners. And, and let me tell you, I went to State Fair. I went to Glen Helen. I had two days at my local tracks here next to my home. I spent about four different days on several different tracks to really figure this engine out and how much, uh, in a percentage-wise, is better from this Racetech modification. And... How I like to put it is I'm getting about a 30% increase in power. That's how I like to rate this thing. So I'm getting increased torque. Second gear pulls harder. The bike actually feels a little bit freer revving. But with sometimes when you guys do go to a freer revving machine, that machine could just go through the RPMs quicker and then you'll have to shift, which means like it revs out too quick. This thing doesn't have that feel. It has more of a, a freer feeling coming out of a corner, but also I can shift later in second gear with this head. It's given me increased top end. It's given me increased torque. Maybe not Yamaha torque, okay, because I know that's the question I'm going to get. I am not really looking to mimic that Yamaha power. In, in a stock versus stock form, the Yamaha isn't as free-feeling as the Kawasaki, but the Kawasaki, to me, pulls better up on top end. Now with this head, I'm, I close the gap on the torque range, right? Now I have some more meat down low, and then I have the opportunity, if I end up getting tired in my moto, I can shift a little later. Now, being a vet guy third gear, the magic gear we talk about a lot on this podcast, I am not able to use third gear just quite yet on this bike. It does provide me with a good feeling in second gear out of corners that leaves me, I can use second gear longer out of corners and shift a little bit later, which I approve. But what I'm talking about later in motos when I may get a little bit tired and lazy and I'm coming out of a corner and let's say I forgot to downshift to second gear, and I'm in third gear. A little fan of the clutch, now with this race tech head, gets me back up in the meat. What do we call that? We call that recovery time. Increased recovery time with this head. And for me, using the green coupler, I went back to using that standard green coupler versus the white lean coupler because I got increased meat down low with the green coupler versus the white coupler on this head. So, 
immediately right on the track. Increased torque, power coming out of corners. I can be a little bit lazier with my shifting. And also I have more meat down low and mid-range recovery. Top end is increased a little bit. Um, third gear rolling on down the straightaway. If I have these fast, flowy tracks that I ride, it does pull a little bit farther. But I'm not getting a shit ton of over-rev with this engine. It's just a li- it's, it's It's more like a refined Kawasaki feel, but with just more meat. And I'm not losing that longer feeling that Kawasaki provided us in 2020. So... For the cost, we're looking about twelve hundred bucks, okay, for this headwork. In comparison to getting a muffler, which is close to about eight hundred dollars, right, eight to nine hundred bucks for a muffler for this bike, I'm getting a lot more horsepower and torque with this modification. If someone said, "Kiefer, hey man, if I'm going to do something, which way am I going to go first? I would do this head mod first before I went to a muffler. Yes, this head can match up to a stock system. Yes, the, the, the muffler sounds like shit in stock form. But if I'm dumping my money and I want to dump my money wisely to get the most I can out of this bike, I would look towards this head work first before the muffler. For shits and giggles, I took this FMF system off that I had and put the stock system back on. And when I did that, what this did is, honestly, it created a little bit more RPM response down low. So what that tells me is the FMF needs a little bit more back pressure. So I installed uh, the insert on the FMF to get a little bit more back pressure, and I got some more bottom-in pull. So for, the, you got, for you guys out there listening that has this bike and say, hey, man, I don't want to get a muffler. I want to get this head. It does work. It's fine. You will actually get a little bit more bottom-end versus going to a full muffler system. So 1200 bucks, you're getting some head work that's reliable, okay? That's that's number 1 for me. You're getting reliable horsepower, you get to keep your stock piston, your stock cam, you get to run pump fuel, which is obviously way cheaper than running T4 or Pro 6. And I like the fact that it starts a little bit easier. People say, ah, Kiefer, I need an electric start. It's whatever for me. Yeah, it's nice to have an electric start, but it's not a deal breaker for me on a motorcycle. If I was in the market for a Kawasaki and I'm like, oh, man, it doesn't have an electric start, it doesn't bother me that much to where I'm like, I'm not going to buy this bike. That's If you can't kick a motorcycle, at least in my world, if you can't kick it, you really shouldn't be riding a dirt bike. And people say, oh, I got a bad knee. If you got a bad knee, man... There's a lot of things going on when you're riding a dirt bike. Maybe you should not be riding if you can't kick the some bitch. Remember the old days when your dad said, hey, man, can't ride it. You can't start it. You can't ride it, right? Same thing right now. I'm 42 years old. I can kick a machine. I can ride this sucker. So <laughs> for me, it's not a deal breaker. But I do think as a vet guy, we want to be a little bit lazier. We want to have more torque. And in stock form, the Yamaha does that very well in the 250F class. Kawasaki crept up on Yamaha in 2020, but now Racetech with these head mods that they're doing to these bikes that keep the reliability intact, for me, is a no-brainer. And you're only spending 1200 bucks when you're actually... It's a few hundred dollars more than a muffler, and you're getting 
a hell of a lot more out of a, uh, some headwork versus a muffler. To me, a muffler complements an engine character. You can manipulate and shape the engine character with a muffler. That is what these de- designers, these engineers, these guys are developing these mufflers are trying to do. So I don't want to piss off these muffler companies and say, hey, you don't need a muffler. Yes, it does help. But for you guys out there listening to this, and hey, man, Kiefer, I want to know where I'm getting the most out of my money. As of right now, with this build, the head work is giving me the most out um, output for my money. So uh, it's something that to really look into because I know some of us out there aren't, uh, I don't want to be cracking into the engine kind of guys. I know growing up, I never had modified engines. My dad's all like, you're running stock. We'll put a pipe and silencer on it, and that's what you got. You know, a lot of people do that now with four strokes because they're so damn good. So if you're looking for a little bit more juice, you need a little bit of better starts in the vet class, get this head work done. It's very good. I like it. Keeps the reliability. And for me, adds a little bit more fun factor to the engine. Moving on the suspension, basically what I wanted, what I talked about at the top of the show was getting a little bit more holdup as well as possibly some more comfort when that fork goes into that mid-stroke area. We all know that KYB builds incredible suspension, very good stuff, right? But it has to complement the chassis. Kawasaki has done great job over the years for creating comfort within their chassis. The KX450, best frame bump absorption there is. KX250 hasn't quite mimicked the 450 bump absorption, but it's pretty damn good when you get something that's choppy, fast, and with big braking bumps. I needed some of a little bit of that feel with this 2020, trying to get that feel with the suspension. I would assume next year, and I don't know this, I would assume next year Kawasaki is going to focus on that chassis a little bit more with some refinements to the engine as well as some other tidbits that I've heard about. So we should see a a relatively update for this KX250. So Rob over there at Racetech went to work on this suspension for me to give me some more holdup, give me some more comfort, and that's basically what I got. And... For me, and I'm looking on this sheet right here, for the guys out there really wanting to race, and this is I'm trying to drive this home, you're wanting to race, you're wanting to do good, you're putting your your effort in during the week, and when you get to the race, you really want to be comfortable on race day to really charge. With stock stuff, you simply can't do it. You need to get a custom valve, custom valving made for you, right? You need to get the right springs made for you, You need to customize your suspension for how you ride. That's important when sending your stuff to any suspension company, if we're talking about anything, not just race tech. Are you a front-end steering guy? Uh, How often do you ride? These things you got to take in account when you want your suspension. For me, I know that my first 18 minutes is very – I'm fast for 18 minutes. If I'm doing a 30-minute moto – The next 12 minutes are going to be more of a smoother type of ride, so I want that comfort. But for me, those last 12 minutes are the most important minutes of the moto for me because that's 
where I'm tired and where I need to still ride fast. So I like to keep my stuff a little bit softer on the comfort side and maybe not so firm for the performance side. So Rob did that for me, but also I needed more holdup on diesel. When I ride deeper tracks, I don't want my front end diving because then I fucks up my corner, right? I'm getting uh, a lot of understeer, and then at times I have to brake earlier because that front end is pitching. So Rob went to work. He got my forks revalved, resprung, and for me, the bike just has an overall flatter feel. So when I'm holding it wide open and I'm coming in some braking bumps, I get a little bit of less dive. I get more front-end traction because my bike is flatter. If you watch the pros' machines, if you watch, let's let's paint this picture, watch the pro circuit bikes. Um, I used to watch old videos of Adam racing outdoors last year. His bike, and I and I've sat on his bike and and rode his bike around a little bit. His stuff wasn't that stiff, but yet it held up enough to where when he got to these deep ruts and these deep tracks that he wasn't diving the front end with his ass in really high. That's the sensation that I got from this suspension that Rob built me. So coming in flat, coming into a corner, off throttle is a little bit of a firm feel, but once it goes down and moves down in the stroke, I have a lot of comfort and a lot of feeling. And for me, I can feel my knobbies in my front end grip in when I'm starting to lean. I need that feeling. If I go into a corner and have my fork up too high and it's too stiff and I go to lean, it just washes away and I have no feeling. I can't ride fast. So I usually go to two to three times on these suspension modifications and say, hey, man, I sent it back. Rob nailed it the first time. Now, this is not the first time he's nailed it for me. Um, it's been a couple times, but I have sent stuff back to Rob to try to customize it more. But this time, he's really done a great job for me on a 250 to dial in the less diving while keeping the comfort. If there's an area in a corner that I really want my fork to work would be area two to area three. Okay, so if you guys are out there listening and new to this podcast, there's three areas to the corner. Area one is initial lean. Area two is middle of the corner, and area three is the exit of the corner. So area one, you got to have enough traction, right? You got to have enough feeling. But area two, when you're on your side knob and you're leaning, you need that front end suppleness or plushness to bite down into the rut or even on flat corners. So this is where the huge improvement for me from stock was, was area two to area three, leaning in the corner, I can get a lot more front-end traction with this setting as well as area three exiting. If I'm light on the front end with the stock fork, I would hit these uh, the top of the bumps as you're accelerating, and I always get a lot of deflection or, or a harsh feeling coming from the front end. Well, now I have a little bit more movement, and I got a little bit more of a supple feel on the exit as I'm light on the front end just hitting those acceleration bumps. So for me an overall calmer feeling in the fork, which is huge, huge for me as I get on the gas earlier through these corners. So I like that feel. On the shock side of things, we kept it at 105 millimeters. I went and floated around a little bit. I tried 103 to 105 at times. 
but sticking with 105 millimeters of sag gave me more rear wheel connection with this Racetech revalve. That is what I noticed most from stock shock to this Racetech revalve was connection to the rear wheel. Again, for you guys that are new, what is rear wheel connection? Rolling the throttle on how your rear wheel feels to the movement of your right hand, a.k.a. throttle. When I move my right hand down to 6 o'clock, which is wide open, I want to feel that tire moving with my right hand. At some point in time, in the KX250 realm, in the stock realm, I have a little bit of a disconnect. It broke loose. It, it, uh, it Under acceleration, I either had it too much of a squat and then it was always side-to-side, skipping over acceleration bumps. Now with this Racetech, it seems to be a little bit straighter. I have a little bit more of a, a less harsh feeling under load on acceleration. And again, to me, getting that traction to the ground is most important, getting from point A to point B in the quickest manner. So overall, the suspension for me was just a little bit of performance gain. There's a little bit of a performance gain. I wouldn't say so much on the performance side of things, but more comfort for me to be able to get into corners better, harder, and keep my front end traction. I need front end traction. I'm again, I'm a front end steering guy. I need that. And then on the area two to area three, I got more rear wheel connection. And then I can get from point A to point B faster. So like I said, for the cost, and we're looking at this, right? Fourteen hundred bucks. Chris, do I need this? Let's let's quarterback this question for a second. This is this is what I get. Hey man, do I need to spend fourteen hundred dollars to to get uh, something that I think I don't need? That is the question. If you are trying to decide, and you're sitting there, you go, hey man, I only ride a few times, but I really would like to have this feeling. Look, I would say no. You don't need $1,400 worth of work. But if you're riding your KX250 a lot, you're racing it from time to time, you're a little bit of competitive guy, and you want a more comfortable, uh, safer KX250 to go fast, yes, it's worth the money because you can actually feel it. That's what I love about some of these tests that I do is I get to try this stuff back to back in a hurry from, from stock I'll have an extra set of suspension, and I'll put this stuff on, and I'm like, holy shit, it's a huge difference. Maybe some of you guys out there don't have that luxury because you send your stuff off. It's two weeks later. You put it back on. You're like, eh, I think it's a little bit better because the track is different. You got a new track. I test this stuff back to back, same day, and get the feel. So for me, $1,400 in a revalve with springs you know, and the gold valves and everything is is on par with other companies getting revalved work. That's how I look at it. Another thing I look at is, do I actually feel the difference? I have experience with many, many suspension shops where I get my stuff back and I'm like, yeah, it's okay. And then I look at the bill and it's it's $1,800. I'm like, there's no way. There's no, I'll ride stock stuff happily and deal with what I got there versus spending 1800 bucks and getting minimal uh, gain back. To me, like I said, if baseline is a three, going back to my how-to test podcast, 
If baseline KX250 stock is a three, we're looking at a 3.25 plus with the suspension, and we're looking at a 3.5 in the engine. So that is a big difference. And if you guys don't know that grading system, go back in my archives, listen, how to test. I think it's podcast show number eight. It's around there. It's really early in this this whole thing I was doing. So it, it tells you how to rate certain parts and why we do increments of 0.25 to see how things are worse or better in this case. So going up 0.25 is huge. Going up 0.5 is a drastic difference. So for me, the engine performance is a huge difference and the suspension for me is better and worth the cost. What's up? It's commercial time. Please, oh please, stick around, listen to these commercials, save yourself some money, support this show. Gracias. All-American Chevrolet in Colleen, Texas is a proud supporter of Keeper Inc. and invites everyone to experience the difference for all of your Chevy sales and service needs. Mention Keeper Inc. and get 50% off your next oil change and a front-end alignment at no charge. Remember, whether you're hauling your bikes to the weekend track, trail, or race, or commuting to the job that pays for your moto habit, we have the truck to get you there in style. Visit us online anytime at ChevyColleen.com. That's All-American Chevrolet of Colleen. Chevy, find new roads. FMF, fast mother, bleep, nah, flying machine factory, that's what it stands for, go to fmfracing.com, you got a four stroke, two stroke, they've got what you need, trust me, older two stroke pipes and silencers, they have it, they still make them, you got a newer four stroke, you want some extra horsepower, they got that too, but most importantly, if you guys want to look cool at the track, maybe you want to make your chick look cool. You want to wear a cool hat, or you're a two-stroke guy, and you want a shirt that says mixing gas and hauling ass. Go to fmfracing.com. They got a whole merch section. Trust me, it's real. there's a lot of stuff over there. It looks pretty cool. So Kiefer Inc. 19 saved you some money on the merch. I suggest you go do it. I have a two-stroke shirt, and I don't even wear freaking two-stroke shirts. That's how cool this thing is. So. Go to fmfracing.com, save yourself some money, and of course, you have any problems, you have any concerns, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and hopefully I can guide you in the right direction on FMF products. I know a lot about them, so trust me, they're good, quality built. There's even a guy back in the diner room you probably never heard of. His name is George. He is a wizard. He is the one just grinding away, doing all of the dyno testing, handing the the stuff off to me at times to test. He's a smart dude. FMFRacing.com. Go visit the site. It's a cool site. Go get some merch. Save yourself some money with Kiefer Inc. Thank you, guys. Just because you're older, guys, doesn't mean you should stop racing. Look, I'm 43 years old. I love racing. I love it. So there is a club, Old Timers MX. More importantly, Oregon Old Timers MX. There are some races happening that are fun. You get long motos, and you get to hang out with your buddies and go home happy. Your wife will be happy because you'll be happy. So do it. Arizona Canyon MX Park, February 29th through March 1st. And then we got another one coming up, SoCal Glen Helen. Oh, man, you know I'll be there. April 18th to the 19th. The whole schedule is up on OregonOldTimers.com. They go to Nevada. They go to Montana, they go to Washington, even British Columbia, even Hangtown. 
Go check them out, OregonOldTimers.com. And if you guys end up going to these races, the first five guys that sign up and list Kiefering Testing as a sponsor, show me the proof on my email. I will reimburse your entry fee. The first five guys. That's right. That's how committed I am for you guys out there to go race. Don't be this old dude that sits at home and doesn't want to go ride, doesn't go race. Go do it. OregonOldTimers.com. Canyon's coming up. Arizona and Glen Helen. I will see you guys at Glen Helen. First five guys, show me proof. Chris at KeeferingTesting.com. I'll reimburse your entry forms. Crazy! Have you guys checked out BloodLubricants.com? If you haven't, BLUDLubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sport Series, the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike. Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sport Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain, and uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils, and uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check legitimacy of this stuff because um, I didn't want no crap involved in keyframe testing. Um, honestly, tried it. Was very surprised about the oil. Did some temperature readings. It was little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. They got some Supercross guys. So go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code KEFER and get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. ScreenPrintingDone.com You guys looking to make up some shirts, hoodies, or hats with a logo on it? Or maybe you want a logo made up for your business and you want to transfer that over to some t-shirts? Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com Neil over there is a writer. He owns the company. He is a rad human being. And he is here to hook you guys up. Order 12 shirts and get 10 for free. They have all different kinds of shirts hoodies, hats, different fabrics, all different kinds of stuff. Go hit them up, screenprintingdone.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you and get 10 free shirts. Be sure to say Kiefer. That's right, Kiefer and screenprintingdone.com. Go check them out. Thanks, Neil. Firepowerparts.com. Excellent batteries, longer life. They're great batteries. I have them in all my test bikes. And hey, they make chains, very good chains. My chain on my YZ450F is about 12 hours deep, still good. And, of course, they have oil, too. Firepowerparts.com. They keep adding new products to their line. So go check out the website. It's very cool, firepowerparts.com. Hey, you guys looking to get a KTM? You want to get the best price on one? Carson City Motorsports is Northern Nevada's largest KTM and Husqvarna dealership. That's right, Husqvarna's as well. They have the largest KTM and Husqvarna inventory around with their new 10,000-square-foot vehicle showroom, making it easy to find whatever you are looking for. Head over to Carson City Motorsports. It's the only Northern Nevada Arctic Cat dealership as well. And, of course, mention my name and get a special deal on either a KTM, Arctic Cat, or a Husqvarna. Hit me up over at Chris at KeeferInkTesting.com, and I'll get you in touch with the guys over at Carson City Motorsports and get you down the road with a new motorcycle.
Hey, did you crash? Or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend. Go to ProTaper.com and go look at the Evo and Fusion line handlebars. I run the Fusion on the KTM 450, and I run the Evo on the YZ450F. Doesn't matter what you are. You like crossbars. You don't want a crossbar. ProTaper has it. They got grips. Dude, they got some nice, soft grips. I'm a half waffle soft guy. Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The race cut grips. Come on. I am a SX Race Evo and Fusion guy, so go check them out, protaper.com. And if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions, go to keyforinktesting.com. There's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike. Go search around. It's a fun article. Keyforink testing, it's a great place to do it. You know what else is? Protaper. Protaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Key for Tested podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720-212-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris. Hit him up. We are back with the show. Thank you for listening to those commercials. Here we go, Team Green, yeah. There's certain things I obviously wouldn't spend my money on if I wasn't racing, but for me, as a vet guy, wants to get good starts, and then I want to hold that start, I want to hold that lead, these two things go hand in hand because you need to feel comfortable going fast, and one, you need to get a fucking start if you're on a KX250 trying to beat some other bikes, even if it is in the 250F class, the YZ250F will jump out way sooner than a KX250 from stock to stock, so Getting a little more meat out of the hole will help you. All right, so little knick-knack things I also done to this sucker. Of course, we talked about the FMF muffler. If you guys are just going to a muffler system, I have tried a Pro Circuit FMF and uh, Yoshimura. FMF gives you the most bang for the dollar. You'll get a little bit more added RPM response down low and more mid-range and keep the same top-end pulling power. I like that I get a little bit more RPM response down low. It makes that bike feel a little bit lighter. Again, you can put the insert back in, a.k.a. spark rester. You'll get a little bit more back pressure. Um, I went back and forth on this when the engine was stock. But once we put Andrew's head or Racetech's head on this bike, I went back to the insert in the muffler to get a little bit more back pressure, and it liked that. In a stock engine form, I would leave it out. That way you have more RPM response, crack, okay? But maybe not as much pulling power as you can get down low with that insert. So FMF system is really good. It uh, lightens your your bike up over a pound from the stock system. So that is even better. Lightens this KX250 uh, more. I almost said 250F. Kawasaki doesn't like when I say that. But KX250 four-stroke, people. Every time I type KX250, you're freaking out thinking it's a two-stroke. No one's making two-strokes 
on the green side anymore. Trust me on that. They're not coming back. No one Kawasaki is going to make a two-stroke. Relax. Uh, Seven-eighths bars. I'm a fan. I still like them. Running a 983 bar. It's a little bit lower bend. It's not a 971 bend. I am not a fan of the 971 bend. It feels like it's too tall because the seat is squishy in the middle. You sink in and you feel like you are riding a Harley to Sturgis. So going to a little stiffer foam from Guts and also going to a 983 bar makes this whole cockpit, a.k.a. rider triangle, a much friendlier version for my six-foot frame. Anywhere from 5'10", Todd is around 5'10", I'm 6 foot. We both like a 983 and, of course, a little bit firmer of a foam. If you guys are washing your bikes, word of the wise is probably take your seat off. That way the, the water doesn't soak in through your seat cover and then soak your seat foam and makes it breaks it down sooner and makes it heavier. So do yourself a favor, take your seat off, then wash your bike. If you guys are looking for a little bit firmer of a foam, Andy over at Guts has a ton of foams and covers and things to uh, make your behind feel better. To me, after about 10 hours, that foam just breaks down too quick, and I feel like I'm riding so low on that seat, I just didn't like it. So, um, Those are all the things that we did. One thing that I just wanted to address was about the clutch, right? So we went through... a. A couple clutches early because I'm I'm obviously a clutch dragger. I drag my clutch a lot. So it's unacceptable for me if it's under 10 hours. If you have a clutch, at least for me, that's 10 hours or over, that's an acceptable design. Uh, I know Honda is unacceptable in stock form. Kawasaki, the 450 is decent. It'll last around 10 hours, but this 250 didn't last. It started slipping and dragging around 8 hours, so... If you guys do go to a torque drive system, now that's not the torque drive whole thing, okay? It's a clutch pack. It's called Torque Drive Clutch Pack from Recluse. It's just the plates, okay? It's just the fibers and steels. And what that does, it increases your plate count, but incorporates all your stock internals. I say this with care because people say, "Ah, I can't afford the torque drive. It's not the full torque drive system. It's just the clutch pack. But for some reason, Recluse calls it the torque drive clutch pack because they're using more plate. So using that system will have will give you a better feel at the lever and increase your longevity on your clutch. It will not put undue pressure on your transmission like the normal torque drive can if you're a harder on your your seat bouncing, you know, like more like a supercross guy. Some of these guys out here email me and say, hey, man, I put a torque drive in my bike, and I got some buddies saying it's going to hurt my transmission. If you're A-Ray, yes, it will. But if you're just a normal dude, it's not going to affect you at all if you're just using the torque drive clutch pack. A lot less, <laughs> lot less money, and to me, it's all I need. I don't need the basket and all that stuff because Kawasaki does come with a nice basket and those things do last a long time. It's just the plates simply do not last when you are uh, a clutch slipper like I am. So do yourself a favor, look into a recluse uh, clutch pack, and that will help your longevity and also put the power to the ground a little bit better than it does with the stock plate. So 
That is a simple version of this podcast on this KX250. There's not a lot done. We try to keep this cost low. So for around $2,000, you have suspension, you have a head, and now you have a bike that is more stable, more connected. You have increased torque. And with all of this in mind, the reliability hasn't gone to shit. You still have the normal stock reliability, and you're not getting a grenade that's going to freaking blow up in 10 hours. That's important, right? So I don't ride this bike a hell of a lot, but now that I have this this work done to it, I seem to uh, be migrating over there and riding this green bike a little bit more because it's fun. Um, some of the differences that I notice, as you guys know, I'm a big Yamaha fan over here. I like a YZ450. I love a YZ250F. But I can appreciate the Kawasaki KX250 because it just simply feels lighter. Side to side movement, especially with this headwork, the bike has a lighter feel to it, a freer feel to it. And also, for me, leaning into the corner is made easier on this Kawasaki versus the YZ250F. So this is why I seem to be uh, swinging my leg over the green bike a little bit more now because uh, these things are a little bit better than the Yamaha. To me, the Yamaha sets the standard in 250, the 250F class. The KTM is pretty good, but you're still dealing with air forks. The Kawasaki, to me, is a little bit better because you have better suspension and a fun low-end feeling, but I would just like a little bit more meat. Now we're creating that, and now my 170-pound ass appreciates that when I go ride these tracks that are just rough, choppy, and I need some pull to kind of hop over some of those bumps. So I'm getting that now with this build. So um, that basically wraps it up. I'm kind of looking over everything, and for me, Kawasaki is... Going to have, I would say within the first, the in 21 or 22, they're going to have shootout winning machines. Mark my words. The 450 is getting better. They got a hydraulic clutch. Uh, the weight has gone down. The 250 engine has gotten better. I think we're going to see a better chassis come here and possibly a hydraulic clutch. So some of these guys that are wanting a little bit more performance with lighter weight, Kawasaki is doing that. There is not many Japanese manufacturers, if any, that are doing what Kawasaki is doing right now. So kudos to Kawasaki and their R&D department for getting these bikes out that have good engine packages with a lighter weight. Because that's what this consumer base wants. We want lighter weight. We want a hydraulic clutch. We want good brakes. And we want reliability. Kawasaki is getting better at reliability because we do know that Kawasaki wasn't known for its reliability. Yamaha and Honda have set the standard in that direction as far as Japanese manufacturers. But slowly but surely, Kawasaki is coming up. Their performance, a lot better to me. Engineering is moving forward. And uh, obviously, I think KTM has something to do with the Japanese manufacturers uh, moving forward in a quicker manner. They have to, right? Because KTM is creating better motorcycles in half the time. And the Japanese world, it's more three to four years where KTM world, we have these half models. We're, we're changing things in next year or two years. So uh, it's important for the Japanese manufacturers to really step up their game with some of these little 
things like weight, hydraulic clutch, brakes, and Kawasaki seems to be moving forward in that direction. So kudos to Kawasaki. All right, one last thing here before we get off uh, this whole coronavirus situation. Just make sure to wash your hands and be kind to people. It's craziness out there right now. I know I went to the store with Heather, two and a half hour waits. People are going ape shit over toilet paper and water and all these other things. Look, we're all in the same situation. Let's try to have some patience. Be kind to one another. Don't hoard. Let's help the elderly that actually need stuff at the store, man. Like, I have an older dad that's sick. I had a grandpa and grandma, and they can't get shit because all of uh, these people are hoarding the essentials that we need from daily life. So just try to think about that if you guys are out there. And if you guys are scared to get out, man, don't be. Go enjoy your dirt bikes. Go enjoy your families. Get outside. Try to resume your normal scheduled programming just be a little bit safer and cautious when you're around people. So um, that's my spiel. And uh, that's it. That's it. KX250 Race Tech Modifications. I'm going to go have some fun on that sucker. i got some weather out in Southern California right now. We're going to be raining for the next couple days. So it's going to be epic conditions. Hopefully motocross tracks will stay open. That's debatable. We don't know what that's going to happen. But if not, this show keeps running. We're going to keep testing. we got a freaking whole desert to test in so these shows will be up we got coffee with the keefers this week heather and i are going to do another recording if you guys have any questions or comments and you guys want to add some things to these podcasts chris at keeferinktesting.com i'm happy to help i'll answer your questions guide you in the right directions and hopefully uh send you on your way so you guys will be happy on your dirt bikes as well support the advertisers that support this podcast they're great people They have great products. Otherwise, they wouldn't be on this thing. As you guys know, I do not take advertising from inferior products. I take advertising money from products that I would pay for myself, and I do. So support them, and they will support me, and we'll keep this sucker up and moving. So thanks for joining me. I will see you back probably later this week with another episode, Coffee with the Kiefers, and even some two-stroke talk with my kid. So lots going on. We're not quarantined here, folks. We're wide open. Later.